What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Duke Wisdom Podcast, the very first ever episode of the Duke Wisdom Podcast being recorded right after a game ending. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils just knocked off UNC Pembroke 109-64. to uh, They led it 59-24 at halftime, and so is a 52 uh, let me, it's quick maths right here. This is, <laughs> I think it is literally 50 to 40 in the second half. So much closer uh, contest there, but the Blue Devils end up winning big. Six players scored double figures. Uh, I just posted something that was kind of a uh, stat recap uh, for the game. Kyle Filipowski leads the team in scoring with 17 points. Uh, Tyrese Proctor had 15. Jared McCain had 15. Jeremy Roach. With 13, Stewart with 12, Mitchell with 11. Foster had nine, Jaden Shute had six. Flip led the team in scoring, rebounding, and assists. He had 17, six, and three. Um, Sean Stewart also had six rebounds. Mark Mitchell and Caleb Foster each also had three assists. Jalen Blakes and Neil Begovich were the only players to record a block on the game, which is kind of wild. A lot of steals, though. Jeremy Roach led the team in steals. He had three. Uh, Of course, Tyrese was five of eight. From beyond the arc, Jared McCain was a perfect 9 of 9 from the line. Jeremy Roach was 9 of 10. And uh, the player of the game was Tyrese Proctor. So definitely a whole lot to talk about from this game. Let's just start it off from the from the jump where Tyrese Proctor just scorches four three-pointers in the first two minutes and 45 seconds of the game. Look, I expected, because just simply from a confidence perspective, perspective and from the work he's been putting in I expect Tyrese Proctor to be a much more consistent three-point shooter than he was last season I did not expect him to hit four threes in less than three minutes to start this game I also didn't expect him to really just only shoot threes and I think in in further games we're going to want to see more from his game and that getting downhill and those mid-range jumpers I think what we saw today was mostly just distribution and putting up threes. I mean, he only shot three more times, I think, on the entire rest of the game after those three minutes. And he was he was like one of one of three from three for the rest of the game. Uh, ends up five of eight and three. That's all of his points. Has a stellar game, zero turnovers, uh, and looked as good as advertised. Looked like that guy that people are, are pegging to be one of the top picks in this upcoming draft. So that was the big thing right off off the bat. But there's a whole lot of other takeaways from this game. One is just the constant, the constant three-guard lineup. John Shire had, you know, starting lineup, we learned who the fifth starter is today, Jared McCain, and it feels like it'll probably be Jared McCain. He had a really good game, a uh, really good ability to get the, to the rim and get to the free throw line, ends up tying Proctor for second and scoring on the team. Uh, and can knock down those free throws, which is a very vital thing. You talk about all three of those guards are like 90% free throw shooters probably, and that's that's something special to have in the backcourt. But it's not only that Shire went out there with a three-guard lineup in the starting lineup, that three-guard lineup maintained. When McCain came out of the game, Foster came in, uh, and then when Roach or Proctor would come out, well, Jalen Blakes came in. And so it was pretty much always a three-guard lineup uh, out there. And so I think that that's what we're going to see a lot of this year. I think it's interesting to see if that changes any when Christian Reeves 
gets into rotation, and I'll talk more about Christian Reeves later. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the defense as well. The defense had really, really, really active hands. They were able to pick up a lot of steals. Um, they prevented UNC Pembroke from shooting a lot of threes. Um, kept them from getting downhill too much. I mean, their defense was absolutely phenomenal in the first half, especially with the starting lineup in, in the first half. I mean, the, the bench came in in the second and let off the gas a little bit, but in the first half, that defense was suffocating. It, it really was. That's nice to see. Not a whole lot of shot blocking, and that's not a surprise. Christian Reeves is this team's shot blocker. He didn't play uh, for I, what we think is an injury reason. Um, that He dressed out for the game but did not shoot around. And so not really surprising that Duke doesn't have a whole lot of shot blockers out there on the floor. I'll get more into the kind of the rim protection concern maybe a little bit in a little bit, but um, defense as a whole looked really good, especially on the perimeter. Uh, they're relentless dogging the ball and passing lanes and get going and getting steals. And, you know, after I'm making bold statements, I'm going to make more bold statements in this. And so I think I need to go ahead. I'm going a million miles an hour. I need to go ahead and preface. This was an exhibition against the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. <laughs> It's not exactly, you know, Arizona next Friday where we'll learn a lot more about what this team's really about and what this team's really made of and what the rotation will truly look like uh, around that point. But I think we got a little bit of a glimpse at the rotation today. And a big glimpse of that was Jalen Blakes was the third player off the bench. Ryan Young came, Ryan Young, Caleb Foster, then Jalen Blakes, which is kind of like, Wow. Okay, because he came into the game before Stewart, before Power. Obviously, at the time, I noted that he came in before Christian Reeves, did not play. It shows that John Shire is just relentless about that idea of the three-guard lineup. It's evident from the rotations he put out today. It's evident from the way he has recruited. I mean, just look at next year's class, Patrick Nagongbo, really the only big Duke whiffs on Nagongba. I don't really even know if what they're doing big man-wise at that point. They might hit the portal, I guess. Um, but, you know, clearly he does not want a surplus of bigs. He wants to play small ball constantly. And I, that's the future of basketball, and that's the success in the NBA. But I think that you always have to have one really stellar big man to make that work. It can be a big man that preferably, actually, it is a big man that can stretch the floor. And Duke has just that in Kyle Filipowski. I'm going to get into Kyle a little bit more later. Um, but the way that John Shire has structured this team and the way the rotation ended up today is not surprising because that's just how Duke's going to look, I think, for the foreseeable future. Three-guard lineups are going to be very common. Wing players, versatile players that can play on the perimeter. That's what John Shire wants. Shooters, that's what John Shire wants. And that's what was on the floor today. Good perimeter defenders, tough guys, fast shooters. And that's the way this team's going to operate. And even the bigs can hang with that. Kyle Filipowski can hang with that. You know, Mark Mitchell can hang with that. Mark Mitchell's not really big, but he can hang with that. Seems like Sean Stewart can hang with that, man. His, his mid-range shot was looking nice. It was looking real nice, actually. Um, the one guy that maybe doesn't hang 
with that play style, Ryan Young. I think it's really interesting that Ryan Young only played nine minutes. Here I was. I thought Ryan would start day one. It doesn't seem like that's the case. Not only does it seem like that's not the case, I, you know, maybe it's because he John wanted to get the freshman more run, and he's not really worried about playing a sixth-year senior because he knows what he's going to get from Ryan Young. I think that can very well be the case. We'll get more of the full story on what Ryan Young, what Ryan Young's role will be against Dartmouth, but more so against Arizona. How how much Ryan Young plays against Arizona and Michigan State, I think will be very telling to see what Ryan Young's true role will be this year. Because I was under the impression he'd play at least like the sixth or seventh most minutes. I still think that's the case. But we'll see how that develops as, as the season progresses with Ryan. Want to join a community of Duke accounts publishing news, theories, and predictions on Duke athletics? Join the Duke Wisdom Network. Just go to dukewisdom.org slash join network today and fill out the form with your name and social media. Or you can DM at Duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. Become a part of the community of Duke fans publishing their takes today. Again, that's dukewisdom.org slash join network or DM at Duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. Obviously, this team was fantastic at drawing fouls. I mean, I told you that Jared McCain and Jeremy Roach shot a combined 18 of 19 from the free throw line. They got into the bonus in the first half in just six minutes. <laughs> so six minutes into that game, Duke was in the bonus, and Tyrese Proctor had hit four threes. I don't know if he, I don't think he hit the fifth one yet. Just big time in a lot of ways was this game. Yeah, I talked. I, I touched on Sean Stewart a little bit ago. That mid-range shot looked pure. It didn't look like that at countdown. That's why you can't read a, entirely in the countdown. He he had a beautiful mid-range jump shot, and he had a great welcome into Cameron on that lob from Caleb Foster to hand throw down a uh, big time slam from Sean Stewart. I think he looked really good. Uh, it's unclear exactly what Stewart's role is going to be. I don't think that we can pinpoint exactly how much we expect Sean Stewart to play until Christian Reeves is healthy and in rotation because. That's obviously the, the minute fight is between them and also Ryan Young. And so I think we need to see Reeves come back to see exactly where Stewart falls in this. But he looked good tonight and he made a really good case for minutes tonight. I think he's going to be a huge player for Duke in the coming years. And I think he's got a good chance to be a big energy boost uh, and potential score off the bench for the Blue Devils this season. Liked what we saw from Stewart. Go ahead and, you know, uh, brag on some of the other freshmen more. I bragged on McCain already. Foster looked good, especially in the second half when he was controlling the second unit and he wasn't kind of the second or third guard out there. When he was the first guard, like the number one guy bringing the ball up the floor, Foster looked good. He's got aggressive takes. I think he has a lot of room to look even better than he did today. I think it was a good start. Ultimately, I expect a little bit more down the line from Caleb. Uh, and then obviously TJ Power came in. He was uh, the fourth guy off the bench tonight. Uh, hit a knockdown of Trey, had five points. Solid outing from TJ Power. I'm not sure exactly how much to expect from him. I think hopefully we see some confidence boosting games in, uh, in the early season for Power. And hopefully we see some confidence boosting games for another shooter in Jaden Shoot. He had he hit two three pointers today. A couple of big shots. Nice to see those shots falling down for shoot. Hopefully in the regular season, he can come in and spot minutes and knock down some of those shots in similar ways, in similar spots. 
Um, you know, I have this written, I have this note written down. Stewart before Rees, Christian might remain a, a CTC hero. Well, we can't write over that. He he might return, just remain a CTC hero. We're not really sure, but I am interested to see how he integrates into this rotation and who's losing those minutes. Are they all coming from Stewart, from Young? I don't really think they're coming from Filipowski. So, you know, how's Christian Rees getting into the game if he is getting into the game? I think that's an interesting question to ask. A little more on that defense. Got a note. 10 minutes before uh, Pembroke even made a jump shot, which is very, very impressive. You know, a lot of the times, and especially in modern basketball, even against smaller teams like this, you're punching the air because you're letting up too many three-point attempts. You know, they're they're making life difficult because they're hitting threes. You know, tonight, I don't even think I noticed UNC Pembroke shooting threes at all, period, because it just wasn't a threat. It just wasn't a problem. And I don't know how much of that is it's Pembroke and that's their game. Or if it was just like Dukes got a really good shot at keeping teams off the three point line because of how fast they are, because of how perimeter defense oriented they are. Their concern actually is probably inside. I have a note that says Kyle's defense at the rim could be better. (laughs) And yeah, there are a lot of times on help defense scenarios where uh, a dribbler would beat the guard uh, down into the lane and Kyle just didn't adjust well and he'd foul or he'd get scored on. He wasn't blocking shots. You know, I think fans are getting used to guard gets down the pipe like that center standing there in the paint. Last two years, Mark Williams is sending that that crap across the Atlantic Ocean. Derek Lively sending it into the 900 throw. But Kyle Filipowski's not that player. And so he, we don't have to expect him to block every shot that comes down the lane, but there are things that he can do to improve his defense on drives. Because right now it feels like with him as the primary five, Duke might give up a lot more points on drives than they want. Um, I believe in him as a rebounder. Uh, it is as a secondary help kind of defender that that maybe there's a hope that he improves a little bit and that he he's able to anchor the defense better as the season progresses. Of course, it's just one game, but that is a concern that we had coming into the season. A little bit more on Kyle. You know, I wrote, I wrote something here that says, I'm not going to say it's Tyrese's team, but that's a possibility I'm willing to consider now. I was not even willing to consider that it would be uh, Tyrese Proctor as as the driver for this team and Filipowski taking a, a little bit of a backseat. I still don't think that's the case. I 100% maintain Filipowski will lead the team in scoring. I mean, I named Tyrese Proctor player of the game today, and I think he easily played a better game than Kyle Filipowski. Kyle still led in scoring. You know, he's the primary five. He's really, with Ryan Young playing nine minutes, he's really the only guy, true five, not even a true five, but like true five height playing big minutes and he's going to get a lot of shot opportunities. He's going to get a lot of looks, a lot of shots. He's almost certainly going to lead this team in scoring. I'd be pretty stunned if he didn't, which makes him, you know, the statistical leader for this team. And it'll make him, if Duke's going to have the ACC player of the year, it'll make him the front runner from the roster to do so. I think Proctor could have a better season, but Filipowski is going to get more awards. And statistically speaking, it's, he's going to be the, the best player on the team but most valuable player on the team, that could be up for debate. 
Um, 15 points, I think he's big for Proctor. I honestly don't know if I, I don't really expect him to even average that many points because of just how loaded the guards are. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Proctor's going to shoot enough to average over 15 points a game this season. I really don't. And I think there's so many guards. I don't think Tyrese puts up the numbers to be a player of the year. I think if Duke's good enough. He can be an all American. I really believe he is more than good enough for that. It's just, if Duke has the right, record and you know he's got to put up a certain amount to be an all-american and there's just so many guards so much wealth around there that he's more than good enough to be an all-american this season it's just will he have the numbers to do it um people are going to disagree with me on that people might think that he's going to lead the team in scoring um i think that is absolutely not true i think he might be second in scoring you know for a long time i thought it was going to be jeremy roach I still think it might be Jeremy Roach, to be honest with you. I still think Jeremy Roach might be second in scoring on this team. But Tyrese Proctor has, has, has opened my eyes a little bit more than he already had and uh, color me impressed. No doubt about that. Um, you know, I've already highlighted, I, I like just reading through the, this note that I'm writing throughout the game. It's just free throw shooting. I've already gone into that. It was brilliant. It was fantastic. They got to the line consistently at high volume, and they made it. I think they shot like in the 80s from the line as a team. Fantastic. I got a, one that just says, McCain, nice. Yes, he is, man. He is, he's nice. And I saw a little bit of discourse about people were saying, you know, some guy was like, well, people are saying, saying that McCain's going to stay two years, and the more I watch him, the less it looks like that's going to be the case. I still maintain that that will be the case. There's only so many players that can leave at the same time. I guess it depends on Dylan Harper's recruitment. If Dylan Harper commits at any point in the next few months, Jared McCain, in my opinion, will be a blue devil again next season. Now, if Dylan Harper, and I mean to Rutgers, if he commits to Rutgers, not to Duke, clearly. Now, if Dylan Harper's still on the board come April, then Jared McCain probably has a decision. Uh, And then ultimately, there's the NIL factor for Jared McCain. He's going to bring in more than your average player, without a doubt. And so he's got a little bit of incentive to stick around. And I think that, you know, he gets a lot of keys to the backcourt. He and, and C. Foster get a lot of keys to the backcourt of sophomores. I think that could be something interesting to talk about. But I'm way ahead of myself. First exhibition of the season, I'm talking about NBA draft departures. I need to slow it down. I need to slow it down. <laughs> Next note, I wish Mark was more aggressive because he's so good. Yes, he is. Mark Mitchell, man can shoot the threes, can drive, can defend, can rebound, can get above the rim. I love Mark Mitchell's game. I think he can be one of the most prolific scorers in the Atlantic Coast Conference, but he just doesn't take enough shots. He's not aggressive enough. There's other guys that are going to hoist more shots. Clearly, Filipowski is. Clearly, Roach is. Probably Proctor will shoot more times. Heck, even maybe McCain will shoot more than Mark Mitchell. But Mark Mitchell can put the ball in the basket, man. And he comes up in big moments. And I really wish that he would shoot more because I think he could be one of the best forwards. I think he is one of the best forwards in the country. And he is going to be one of the most underrated players in not only the ACC, but in the nation this upcoming season. We don't preach the Mark Mitchell, the Mark Mitchell gospel nearly enough. There's not nearly enough discussion about this guy. And if he ends up getting snubbed from the all-defense team this year, there will be rioting. Rioting will be had. There's no doubt about that. So right now, I'm giving my flowers to Mark Mitchell 
I want to give my I want to give the flowers to Mark Mitchell as much as I can. Put some respect on his name because he deserves it. He's an absolutely stellar basketball player. I just got a note about one play. Sean, the Sean spin and body inside was nice. I like the spin. I like the aggressive take. That feels like something if they're calling if it was a closer called game, uh, like against Arizona, that he'd do that spin and they'd be called a charge on him. Uh but I liked the aggressive take and the move. It was nice. Nice to see what's in his bag. Um, uh, was impressed by Sean tonight. And uh yeah, this my last two things are just only nine minutes for ROI and no Reeves. I've talked plenty about those things. The guard era has has begun. And yes, yes, it has. Um, Duke taking on Dartmouth for the first regular season game of the season on Monday. It's at 9. I don't know why the heck they got a 9 p.m. Eastern time start. Like, what's up with that? Can we talk about what's up with that? Makes no sense that they have to play at 9 p.m. But here we are. They're playing at 9 p.m. Uh, Duke's got Dartmouth. Dartmouth, not a bad team, but ultimately should be a good way for Duke to get its season started, likely with a win, before heading into an absolute gauntlet of two games with Arizona and Michigan State. I think we'll learn a little bit more about this team in that first game, and uh, hopefully they'll get their confidence up before a huge doubleheader. Um, One other big piece of... Of, of a couple of big pieces of news, actually, uh, right before the game started, Coach Bob Knight passed away. Just wanted to say uh, rest in peace to one of the greatest coaches of all time. And um, thoughts are with the Knight family, as well as the Krzyzewski family, who's Coach K very close to Bob Knight. That was his mentor. And so um, just rest in peace to one of one of the greatest of all time. The other and final piece of uh, of news that I want to, upcoming news that I want to touch on is, of course, Patrick Nagongba's decision coming up on Saturday. That is kind of the biggest thing that's going to happen between now and opening night. So hopefully Duke has its fifth member of their recruiting class, Nagongba, the biggest name in terms of a front court member. He took his visit to Kansas State this past weekend. He's got family ties to Kansas State. So it'll be interesting. I think this one's interesting, especially between Duke and K-State. Um, I've got a feeling. I think that he's going, going to pick Duke. I could be 100% wrong about that. I've been wrong. I've been right. You know <laughs> you know how it is. But I, I'm clocking my final guess for Nagongba is Duke. And that's how I'm going to leave you guys. 109.64 over Pembroke. Dartmouth on Monday. Duke basketball is back, baby, and I'll, I'll holler at you guys on Tuesday.